How are you now? Cool. A win. The Montreal Canadiens defeat the New York Rangers 2-1 in New York on the second half of a back-to-back. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and what a game that was. Um, there was a lot to like. We'll get into the recap. Uh, before, before I get into it, just want to let you guys know, in case you can hear any background noise, I am watching the end of the Giants and Vikings game here. Uh, if anybody from Fox is listening, please don't copyright strike me because you hear a little bit of background noise. I'm trying to watch a game here, guys, and record a podcast at the same time. I'm multitasking, all right? And uh, let's get into that recap. Uh, not a bad start for the Montreal Canadiens. I, I went into this game expecting, like we were talking about it in the uh, Eyes on the Prize Slack chat, and Scott Matlow was asking, you know, how bad do you think this game's going to be? And I was like, this this game's going to be like Anchorman 2. It, it might not be the last entry in the franchise, but it's going to make you want it to be the last entry in the franchise. And then they come out with a far better start than I thought was going to be possible on the second half of a back-to-back like that. I guess maybe having the two games in New York was a bit of a benefit to them. But even, you know, a bit of a short bench. You had uh, the Evans injury, and he obviously wasn't playing in that game. So they insert Mike Hoffman in the lineup. And they actually come out very strong. Uh, early on, Cole Caulfield dangles the fuck out of Adam Fox and almost scores but gets robbed by Igor Shesterkin. Uh, Christian Dvorak was stopped on a breakaway as well. Chances, after about, uh, I don't know, five or six minutes, heavily favored the Habs. Scoring chances, for sure. But as that period went on, the chances were starting to pile up on both ends. Really, that first period, and really the, the rest of the game pretty much, was a great goaltending duel between Igor Shesterkin and Samuel Montembeau. Um, really, if, if you like goaltending duels, that, that was a game to watch, man. Uh, it was something. Uh, but we go 0-0 at the end of 20 minutes, uh, mostly thanks to those two goaltenders, because there was quite a few chances happening there. Habs get an early power play in the second period. Well, not super early. We're talking maybe five minutes into the period. Uh, New York almost scores a shorthanded goal. They go down, get an opportunity, but the Habs take it the other way with numbers. Cole Caulfield feeds Christian Dvorak. He throws it all the way across to the other side to Kirby Dock, and without even setting up, Kirby Dock just snipes that one, makes it one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. <clears throat> Starts going back and forth a little bit at that point. Again, we're, we're going back into chances going either way. Goaltenders really making sure that this thing does not turn into a high-scoring game. And then the Habs get into some penalty trouble of their own. Uri Slavkovsky goes to the box for a hold. Uh, they do manage to kill that off, but right after he gets out of the box, they go out there, and then he commits another infraction. So we got a delayed penalty to Montreal. New York pulls uh, Shesterkin for the 6-on-5, and the Habs, five of them, all just standing around in the slot, screening Montembeau, and Artemi Panarin just kind of does a loop from one uh, face-off circle into the other face-off circle, lets one go through traffic. Uh, Montembeau didn't see that for a second. It's in, and it's 1-1, and that's your score at the end of 40. Um, still, at the end of 40, to be tied 1-1, I, I think you, you got to call that a win for the Habs. you got to call that, you know, they're performing really well. If they can keep this up in the third period, they got a chance to come away with a win. And we are seeing, you know, most of the possession in favor of the Rangers throughout the course of that game. But going into the third, one thing I noticed was the Habs were definitely getting more chances. What they were really doing there is the Rangers, sure, they had uh, 
more possession, but the Habs were doing a really good job of defending the slot and then being able to capitalize on opportunities to go on quick strike oper- uh, quick strike chances the other way, rush chances, right? So it was really a, a counterattack strategy they had established there, and it was working for them. And it works again. Okay, the, the Rangers get a really good scoring chance, but the Habs take it the other way real quick. So Puck goes, uh, you know, gets dumped into the corner. Jacob Truva overskates it, and it kind of gets bobbled back to Nick Suzuki. And then I noticed Cole Caulfield standing in the low slot all by himself, nobody on him. And I, I was pointing at my TV and yelling. I'm like, there's Cole. And Nick Suzuki, of course, he saw the same thing I saw. He throws it out front to Cole. Cole standing that close to the net. He's not missing from there. Two to one, 14 more goals to go. The countdown continues. Uh, the Rangers would pull Igor Shesterkin for the extra attacker, but it was in vain. Uh, Habs did a really good job uh, keeping them away from the slot again. And that's your final. Two to one, the Montreal Canadiens get a win in New York. Um, I don't think anybody went into that game expecting them to get a win. <clears throat> really? Like, anybody listening right now? Can you honestly say to yourself that you thought they were going to go in against the Rangers and come out with two points there? I know I didn't. And that wasn't me being, you know, doom and gloom. Um, It it was more just with a back-to-back with all the injuries that they have. They've got a lot of rookies in the lineup. You know, I I just didn't think... I I felt like it was a recipe for disaster. I felt like that game was going to get ugly the other way. Uh, And it didn't. And that brings me to my player of the game... Uh, I got to give it to Samuel Montembeau. Uh, he was magnificent in that game. Him and Shesterkin, they went back and forth all day long. I got to say day. I keep wanting to say night, but that game started at 5 p.m. Eastern, so that's not really a night game. Um, it was it was a great goaltending battle, and Samuel Montembeau got the better of it. Um, you got to hand it to him on that one, especially considering that he played last night. Wild. You very rarely have goaltenders get relied on to do back-to-backs like that. I mean, Carey Price in his heyday definitely did it a few times. Um, <clears throat> but Samuel Montembeau currently is their backup. If Jake Allen was available, of course, he would have taken one of those games. Uh, doesn't matter which one, but it, it wouldn't have been on Samuel Montembeau to start two games. The fact that he went out there um, on a back-to-back playing the full game in both of them and was able to put on a performance like that against the New York Rangers, who are a pretty decent team... Um, you really got to hand it to Semyon Montembeau for that. The the absolute medal of this kid um, takes a lot of mental fortitude to be able to play two games in two nights as a goaltender in the National Hockey League. I can't imagine. So he's a very well-deserved player of the game uh, for Montreal in that game. And he's not the only one that, that should get a nod either. I felt like the way that they played that game, right? Again, defending the slot really well and relying mostly on quick strike, counter opportunities to generate offense. It was smart. Um, we haven't really seen them play like that. Usually they get dominated in the slot. You look at the shot map on Natural Statric, and you can see on the map that the Habs were getting to the slot considerably more than the Rangers were, but shots were about even, and the Rangers had most of the possession. So again, the Habs were just doing a really good job keeping everything to the outside, and the Rangers were kind of forced to just skate around and look for opportunities that just never materialized. Uh, that really benefited Cole Caulfield. He had a great game. Um, he had a number of scoring chances, obviously scored the one goal uh, standing in the low slot, but he could have had more as well. I mean, that dangle where he fucking embarrassed Adam Fox in the first period, whew, that would have been on highlight reels nonstop. That goal would have been in your face forever on TSN and elsewhere uh, because that was a really nice dangle to get around Fox, who's a really good defenseman too. So 
incredible game from him. He had a chance in what in the third period where he came in like end of a shift. Um, he gets the puck, gets loose in the neutral zone. He's got one guy to beat, but he does not have the gas left to get around him. So what does he do? He just lines up a clapper from distance, and he almost got it past Shesterkin. Shesterkin had to make a really good save on it. Um, it was a great game from him. Uh, not, like it, it was a bit of a tour de force, uh, I would say. You know, I, I, maybe that's a little bit, I don't know, hyperbolic, but I felt like he had a really good game. I felt like he 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 proved why everybody's talking about him going to the All Star game. He proved why people are constantly nonstop tweeting out that hashtag NHL All Star vote with Cole Caulfield's name. Um, absolutely, this guy deserves to be in the All Star game. I don't know if he wants to go. If he doesn't want to go, if he were to come out and say, hey, "I'd rather you know take a, a little break and go play some golf or something," I would say, "Don't vote for him." But he deserves to be there, so I think we should all keep voting for him until and unless he tells us not to. Um, I should also throw a shout out to Nick Suzuki there too. Uh, Suzuki, I felt played a very effective game. Um, boy, he looked he looked tired at some points, um, in particular. Again, I, I've said this many times, I don't really buy the excuse of, of tiredness at the professional level of hockey when you're doing a back-to-back. I think that you should be physically conditioned well enough um, to be able to get through two games in two days. But it, Suzuki's been playing a lot of minutes, too. It's not just the fact that he had to play two games. It's that with, with, with the amount of young guys that they've got up in their lineup and the amount of injuries that they have, he's the guy right now. And... They had to they had to ride him quite a bit, so fantastic game from him. I will say this as well, you know who else had a really good game? David Savard. Um, surprising. I've been hard on this guy this season, and it's only fair for me to single him out when he has a good game. He was very good in this game. Um, he was a big part of helping to box out that slot to keep them on the outside uh, in the defensive zone. I mean, without him, I, I think there may have been mm, at least an uptick in slot chances for the Rangers. Uh, so, good game for him. Suzuki, Caulfield, played really well. Um, Kirby Doc. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki Season 2 is... Marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Kirby Doc played a great game. They took him off the top line, of course. They don't really have a choice. You're kind of short on centers right now. You need somebody to actually play in the middle who knows how to play there. Um, and they moved him back into the middle again for this game. I really don't like breaking up that top line. I really like him on that top line with Suzuki and Caulfield, but you know, given the circumstances, I understand why they have to do it. And the fact that he's playing well with or without them, um, it, it speaks volumes to how good that trade was for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I think Kent Hughes committed maybe a little bit of highway robbery there, right? We won't know, um, of course. Chicago, they they drafted they draft they drafted Frank Nazar with the pick that they got. And Romanov seems to be doing okay uh, with the Islanders. So I don't think anybody's really... I don't think anybody's kicking themselves over that trade. But for the Habs, for where they are and for where they're trying to go, I think Doc is exactly the kind of player that they needed. Uh, he's versatile. They can use him at the wing, on the wing on that top line. He can also play center. So he gives you options, right? 
he gives you flexibility that you don't otherwise have. And maybe next year uh, things will go better. Maybe they can graduate a few guys out of junior and out of uh, Laval and they won't have center depth problems. Um, hopefully, you know, we're going to need a little bit less injury trouble as well to avoid that. But um, <laughs> he gives you flexibility is what I'm trying to say. Being able to play both positions means that you can move them around and try to come up with the optimal lineup that allows you to win games. And um, we saw it here. I mean, he, he played very well, good defensively, and uh, he was able to chip in on offense as well. So um, great game from him. Uh, I guess I should also talk about a not-so-good game. Uri Slavkovsky had a rough one. Um, I talked about it in the... Um, in the recap there, when the Rangers scored their goal, he was in the box, comes out of the box, takes another penalty, and then they get scored on while the the second penalty to him is is delayed. Um, he he had a rough one there, and then to make matters worse, to add injury to insult, I guess he uh, appeared to have injured himself. Um, I don't know quite what happened. It looked like he was just skating, and then all of a sudden he couldn't really put weight on his uh, on his left leg. Um, maybe he pulled something. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but he left in the third period and didn't come back. Um, that's not great. Uh, <laughs> it's been a, a bit of a shock for him, I think, coming into the NHL. I don't know if, like, I, I don't know if now's the time for us to start talking about whether or not they made the right pick in that draft. Uh, Shane Wright's still playing in the OHL, right? And nobody from is anybody from the top five playing in the NHL right now in that draft? I don't think so. I have to go double check that. Uh, I really don't think so, though. I think in Lo- I know Logan Cooley isn't. Seaman Nemich isn't. Um, I don't know. Um, it's just it, it seems too early to me to for us to be talking about that. I think we need to let these players really develop before we actually have that conversation. Which is why you know not to go off on a tangent, but it was a little bit weird why people during the World Juniors seem to have this desire for Shane Wright to to fail in that tournament for him to do badly. Like, I don't think that, you know, wanting another player to do badly is the, the way that you should really go about it. You should be wanting your guy to get better. And that brings me back to Slavkovsky, which is why I'm I'm upset that, you know, he had a rough game and then also, to make matters even worse, got hurt. Because I, I feel like there's been there's been times in, in certain games where he's looked <clears throat> very, very good. Um, even in that game. He had a chance in the first period where he got absolutely robbed by Shesterkin. Um, I, I think even him, I mean, like his, his confidence has got to be at an all-time low right now. Um, but there's nothing you could do about that. I mean, Shesterkin made a wonderful save. I just feel like the best thing for them to do with him is like help him get healthy and then maybe give him a little bit of time in, in Laval. I don't think that'll hurt him. Um, I, I think getting the opportunity to, to maybe avoid some of that NHL competition... Um, might be beneficial for him. It might be a confidence booster. Um, we're seeing good results from the guys coming up from Laval. Um, Anthony Richard looked good in the time that he was with the team. Um, Jesse uh, Elinen. Elinen is how you pronounce it, by the way. I actually had to clear that with uh, with my buddy Pat Bexel. It's Elinen. And he's been looking great. So clearly, the program that they have down in Laval is doing a good job, I would say, of preparing people to play in the NHL. Um, Uri Slavkovsky already has NHL experience. I think going down there would give him an opportunity to, to play more minutes on a regular basis, uh, to play top minutes, to get top power play minutes, and really hone his craft a little bit more. I think that's the best idea. Uh, I don't know how long he's going to be out or if he's going to be out at all, but for my money, I would say you know, let's, let's give him an opportunity to go down there and hone his craft a little bit more. 
Um, that that's just a suggestion. Um, I've suggested it a few times, and uh, they don't appear to be listening to that one. So I guess we'll see what they decide to do. But you know, rough game for him, and made even rougher by the fact that he ended up uh, getting injured on top of it. So other than that, I don't really have any complaints. Um, Joel Edmondson was meh. Um, Mike Hoffman didn't really notice him in his return to action there, um, which is probably a good thing because it seems like whenever I do notice him, it, it tends to be uh, something not so good going on. Um, but overall, it was a good game for the Habs, man. They, they, they had the right strategy. It worked. Uh, they stuck with it. And they managed to keep uh, a pretty decent team in the Rangers from really getting to their slot. And their goaltender outdueled a guy who a lot of people probably have in their current top five for uh, goaltenders in the world right now. Um, so, interesting. Um, interesting game. You, you hope that they can put forth more efforts that look like that. Whether they win or lose, not a big deal. Um, and this message goes out to Team Tank, right? Everybody who's on Team Tank. Uh, yeah, I, I know you were probably hoping for a loss in that one. Um, I get it. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to have a tough time catching Chicago, though. I'll tell you guys that much. I don't know if anybody saw that. Uh, <laughs> the graphic from their game last night. They were losing 6-1 to one to the... Uh, Seattle Kraken at one point, and Seattle had seven shots on net. So seven shots, six of them go in. Uh, you are you're either you're either trying to have that happen or you're just that bad. Either way, it's going to be tough to keep up with that team. I think that we're going to have to hope for some luck in the in the draft lottery because I don't think that the Habs are going to be you know bottom three. They might end up bottom five. Um, I, I think that's realistic. I, I think it, there's a very good chance that they end up bottom five. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's going to be tough to really compete with those teams that are way down at the bottom. We may just have to accept the fact that they're going to win some games. They're going to play some games like this. And, really, when we look at a game like this, we should try to take the positives. And there were a lot of positives in there. So, not a bad one. We're back in action, what, on Tuesday? So, it's not a very long break coming out of the back-to-back. Uh, we get one night off, and uh, they're going back home to play against... Um, who are they playing? Now i got to go double-check that because I can't remember who they're going to play. Um, they're playing Winnipeg. So they're playing the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, this, this is a team that they probably should be able to beat, but who knows? It's it's tough to get a read on the Habs because every time I expect them to have a, a complete shit game, they actually surprise me and they end up playing decently or playing well. Um, every time I expect them to play well, they end up playing like shit. So, you know... I'm expecting a good game on Tuesday, and so I guess maybe that's going to be a lot more like what I had expected today's game to look like. Again, I guess we're going to find out. I'm going to cut it off there. We're running uh, about 19 minutes, so it's une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. And folks, before I let you go, i got to do it one more time, right? 14 more goals to go. The countdown continues for Cole Caulfield. À la prochaine.